Well, shalom everyone, I'm Bill Cloud. I wanna welcome you to our latest Hebrew treasures. This is our series where we do word studies on Hebrew root words. Today we're gonna to be looking at the word arav, and that is spelled ayin resh beit, of course, reading from right to left. And this word arav, it's, it's throughout the Bible, and it commonly is translated uh, as mix or mingle or something uh, close to that. In fact, that's the raw meaning of the root word. And so, in, in short, what it means is to mix things together like we would mix different ingredients together in a bowl. The first occurrence of this word is found in Genesis chapter 1 in the description of the creation. In verse 5 it says this, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And so the evening, and that word there is Erev, and it's spelled identically to our root, Ayin Goresh Beit, Erev. And so the evening, or the Erev, and the morning were the first day. Of course, we know that evening is when light is beginning to mix with darkness, when day is beginning to intermingle with night. In fact, evening, or Erev, is that interim period just before darkness overtakes the earth. And so, with that thought in mind, I'm going to suggest this to you. As we know, according to 1 Corinthians 15, things in the natural are there to teach us about things that are spiritual. So, everything in the beginning, in, in the creation account, is, yes, giving us an account of what happened, but I'm going to suggest to you it's also speaking of things that would happen spiritually speaking, and so it is with evening, that time just before it gets dark. And so it is that this word, our root word, arav, is sometimes translated as darkened, and it is used metaphorically to speak of spiritual darkness, because the evening is that time just before it gets dark when no man can work, and what's happening Light is mingling with darkness. Day is mixing with night. And so, again, speaking metaphorically, in Isaiah 24, verse 11, it talks about how joy is being darkened. And it's speaking of spiritual darkness. It's a time when Israel is going through a, a spiritually dark period. And so, darkness is metaphorically used to talk about when evil is overtaking, when wickedness is pervasive, but you don't get to darkness before you have Erev, evening. And so how, do, how does this darkness overtake the world? It's when light, or shall we say, those who are supposed to be the light, begin to mix with those things that are dark. And so darkness alludes to distressing times, times when things aren't going right. The, the day of the Lord is a time of darkness. It's a time of gloominess. But once again, it's important to see that in the beginning, before you had total darkness, you had Erev, you had evening. You had that time when light is beginning to mix with darkness. Now, the word Erev, or evening, it comes from the idea that the root word Arav originally meant to set, as the sun sets, or to enter. And interestingly, the word Europe is believed by some to come from the, word, uh, the root word Arav, because from Jerusalem's perspective, 
Europe is the West. It's the region where the sun sets, or it's the beginning of the West. It's part of the Western uh, mindset, if you will. And so interestingly, if that's true, Europe coming from the idea of to set or to enter into, the sun is entering into darkness now, that's uh, in some ways associated with Western mindset or the Western way of thinking. In fact, the word for West in Hebrew, ma'arav, it's spelled mem ein resh beit, ma'arav. It's, it's, it's derived from this same root word. In fact, we could literally look at it as being from mixing, from mingling. And so the West is the land or the area, or the region of the setting of the sun. And so then, if we were to head West, Ma'arav, and we're speaking figuratively, we are walking toward mixing, we're walking toward intermingling, and concurrently, we are walking away from what is light. We're walking away from what is pure, and by that we mean the one God, we're talking about his instructions. And so Western thinking, ma'arav, is tied to mixed and mingled thinking. And that idea brings us to another word that we find in scripture a handful of times. Um, it's the, actually a phrase, and the phrase is eriv rav. Eriv rav, and that's our root word, Ein resh beit, and then resh beit, erev rab. Now, this is translated in scripture as mixed multitude. And the first mention of the mixed multitude is in Exodus chapter 12, verse 38, and it says this. A mixed multitude, that is erev rab, went up with them, that is talking about the children of Israel, went up with them also, and flocks and herds, a great deal of livestock. So it's telling us that when the children of Israel left Egypt, they weren't the only ones leaving Egypt. The Erev Rav went with them, this mixed group of people. Now there's a lot of debate as to who and what these people were. Some people say that uh, they were a group of people who saw the signs and wonders, the plagues, the destruction in Egypt, came to fear the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and joined themselves to the people of Israel. And I believe there's some merit to that argument. There are also those who believe that the Erev Rav were people who planted themselves, so to speak, in the midst of the children of Israel, not to join with them, but to actually disrupt what God was doing with them, to undermine God's purposes for Israel. And I believe there's some merit to that argument as well. And then there are those, like myself, who believe the Erev Rav is probably a little bit of both. But what we do know is that traditionally, historically, the Erev Rav were a source of negative influence on the children of Israel. In fact, I want to read to you from the book of Numbers in chapter 11. It says this. Now, the mixed multitude, again, Erev Rav, who were among them, that is the children of Israel, yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? And so this mixed multitude that came out with Israel from Egypt 
they're the first ones to give in to this intense craving. What were they craving? The leeks, the garlic, the melons, the cucumbers, the fresh fish, all those things, looking back to Egypt. So they gave in to this intense craving. But what that did was it influenced Israel, God's people, to do the same thing. And that led to other problems. God gave them flesh because they wanted flesh till it was coming out their nostrils. A plague came upon the people. And so the point is this. Throughout God's, uh, excuse me, throughout Israel's history, or if you will, God's people, it's not so much the external foe that tends to pose the problem. It is more often than not the enemy within that causes most of the problems. That's what disrupts God's people. In other words, let's put it with this. It's those that God's people have unwisely chosen to mix and to mingle with, or to use today's vernacular, to coexist with. And that is what has always been Israel's uh, primary problem when it came to disobedience, turning away from God, because they wanted to be like the people who, are, who were among them or who they were among and who they allowed to influence them. But we also see that these people, the mixed multitude, are historically antagonistic toward Israel. And that brings us to another point. The word arav, to mix, to mingle, also alludes to desolation. As a matter of fact, it's uh, the word in Hebrew that is translated, or how we would translate, Arab, which is to say those who live in the Arabian Peninsula, because the Arabian, Arabian Peninsula is a place of desolation. It's a wilderness. It's a vast expanse, and there's just really nothing there to speak of. In fact, let me read to you from Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 24. It says that all the kings of Arabia, and that word in Hebrew there is Arav, all the kings of Arabia and all the kings of the mixed multitude, and that is Ha'erev, it talks about these people who dwell in the desert. Now, we shouldn't be surprised to, to see this here because, again, the idea of mixing mingling, coexisting leads to desolation. And so in Hebrew thought, that is how or why we translate um, Arav as being a vast expanse, a wilderness. Sometimes it is uh, actually referred to as a wasteland. And the word, in fact, for wasteland is Arava. And that's spelled Ain Resh Beit He. By the way, the word Arava also happens to be a region in southern Israel that is referred to in the prophets in Isaiah specifically, chapter 35, verse 1, it says this, the wilderness and the wasteland, and there's that word Arava, this desolate place, the wilderness and the Arava shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. So let's kind of summarize this so far. Arav means to mix and to mingle. And if we look at that, spiritually speaking, when God's people mix and mingle with things they're not supposed to, that leads to desolation. That leads to be, being in the proverbial wilderness, if you will. Which now brings us to this. The word oriv, and that is, again, spelled identically. Um, it's spelled identical to the way we spell the root word. Oriv is the word for raven. 
because the raven is believed to be a wilderness bird. It's a scavenger. It's something that devours flesh. It picks things clean that are left to die in the wilderness. Remember when Noah uh, released birds from the ark, one was a raven and the other was a dove, the Yonah. And the first time he sent them out, the Yonah, the dove returned, but the raven did not. Why didn't it return? Well, we'll speculate. Because the Oriv, the raven, was out feasting on the carcasses that were floating on the water. But at the same time, it's the Oriv that God uses to bring meat to Elijah during the famine of his day. And it was the raven that fed the prophet. Now, with that thought, we come to the word arov, arov. And arov is translated as swarms. And some people believe that to mean swarms of flies. Some people think it means swarms of beasts. But arov, spelled ayin resh beit, is found in Exodus chapter 8, beginning in verse 21 through verse 31. And this is one of the plagues that came upon the land of Egypt. God caused arov, he caused swarms of flies or beasts, what have you, to darken the land, to just permeate the land until Pharaoh cried out to Moses, please take these things away. Pray to your God to take them away. All right, here's the case I'm trying to build. From the root word arav, we get all these other derivatives. And most all of them have negative connotations. And that's really the point we want to make here. That arav, spiritually speaking, is a negative term. To mix and to mingle from God's point of view, for God's people to do that, is a negative thing. For them to be brought to desolation is a negative thing. For them to have to be subjected to the, the swarms, if it were, or the, uh, those who would influence them to crave the things of Egypt, this is, this is something negative. Now we're going to look at a family word. It's spelled, or excuse me, it's pronounced Arab. It's spelled slightly different. It's spelled with an Aleph in, instead of the I. Aleph Resh Bet. And this word means to restrain. But I want to read you uh, a verse from Deuteronomy that gives you a little bit clearer picture of what this word actually means. Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 11. But if anyone hates his neighbor lies in wait for him, and that term is ve'arav, ve'arav, lies in wait for him, rises against him and strikes him mortally so that he dies, and he flees to one of these cities, and he goes on to talk about how that person is not going to be spared. But my point in reading this for you is, the family word, arav, alif uresh bet, means to lie in wait, to... Uh, to set a snare, to set a trap for somebody with the intent of destroying them. In fact, this word is believed to be related to an Arabic term, ariba, which means to be crafty and in the sense of laying a snare. And so in my mind, I'm thinking of Esau now because we know that he was a skillful hunter. He knew how to set a trap. He was crafty. He was shrewd. So was Pharaoh when he was setting a trap for the Hebrew people. That's exactly what the serpent does. He's crafty. He's wise with evil and wicked intentions. He lies in wait. He sets a trap. So 
to, to see this and to see how it's a family word with the word arav, to mix, to mingle. I hope that you can connect the dots here to see how all these negative connotations come together to paint a picture for us. In fact, let's go on with that idea. This root word, this family word, alif resh be, means to devastate and is in fact thought to be the basis of the word arba. That is alif resh bet he, and that's the word for locust. Another one of the plagues that come upon Egypt. What do locusts do? They darken the land. They devour every green thing. Now, actually, the root word for arba or locust is the word rabah which means to multiply, to grow great. By the way, Rabah is basically the same word as Rav, as in the Erev Rav. So see the connections here. So think about it, swarms, wilderness, locusts, desolation, all of these things bringing us to the idea that here are the awful, terrible, um, uh, unpleasant things that happen when God's people begin to mix and to mingle with things they're not supposed to mix and to mingle with. And so, if we were to summarize our word that we're looking at today, ara, it denotes those things, whether it's talking about people or concepts, that are diametrically opposed to the concepts and the people that are connected to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in the last little bit here, I want to kind of underscore that point by showing you two different words. One of them is our word arav, to mix and to mingle. And then compare that to the word that we looked at in our previous segment, and that is the word avar, to cross over. They're comprised of the same three letters. It's just that they're in different positions. Arav, avar. Avar, of course, is where we get the word Ivri, and Ivri is a Hebrew, one who crosses over. Avram was called to come out of Babylon, to no longer mix with those people, to no longer coexist with them, to come to a place that God would show him, to cross over and to become a Hebrew, to be joined to the one true God, to be a set-apart people. Well, look how closely related is it, at least at first glance, those two words are avar, to cross over, arav, to mix, to mingle. You see, if we're not careful, we might confuse one with the other, just as one might confuse the tear coming up out of the ground with the wheat. Of course, when they both grow and they produce their, uh, their different fruits, then we can tell the difference. But the point I want to leave you with here today is the word arav and all these different words that it is tied to and all the different themes all paint the picture of what happens to God's people when we stop being those who are crossing over to be a set-apart people. Instead, we begin to mix and to mingle and to emulate the ways of the nations. I've said for years that we cannot be a light to the nations if we're acting like the nations. And we're acting like the nations when we start embracing the concepts behind the word Arab. 
Well, that's all for this segment of our Hebrew Treasures. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. Till next time, Shalom. Like what you're hearing? Become a Bill Cloud Premium Partner to watch or listen to hundreds of hours of teachings and resources on demand. Go to BillCloud.com slash subscribe to start watching today.